Friday to all out there. Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli, and myself, Jamie Lynch, here with you. We've got a lot to get to on this Friday, uh, including uh, Renee's favorite guest, That Swing. We oh, are going to yeah. get to our top five left fielders in baseball. And let me just give you a little uh, tease of that segment. Left, left fielders stink. Yeah. That's not a good position around Major League Baseball. Um, we'll get to that. We have some Philly stuff to get to our own. John Foley is going to join us from Clearwater around 1140, uh, for the latest there with him, uh, and what he's seen in the first couple days of camp and, uh, the old timers walking around, but Renee, it's Friday. We made it. We made any, it. Uh, any great weekend plans for you? Nope. I'm just excited for the weekend. Crawling to the weekend. Ready uh, for snow? Friday Eve was cool. I, I didn't give a chance to properly shout out those that were saying happy Friday Eve yesterday in the chat. I'm not ready for the snow that's supposed to happen this weekend. Chris Slemmer, congrats. You're number one. Uh, first in the chat, Mickey Durkin, Ray, Dave P, uh, Jersey Kev. You know, and, and it's, no it's, MBD. I was not pooping. We had some technical difficulties. <laughs> that's why we were behind there. It was not my bubble guts. My guts are fine <laughs> this morning. Oh, man. Well, the chat is is rolling. You guys are having a yeah. serious in-depth conversation yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, oh, well, speaking of poops, if you want to check out something that doesn't stink, it's Jamie's making, it's made some great oh, cocktails oh, for us. A poop to a cocktail segue. That <laughs> there is, you go. So that did not talent, think folks. that Jamie did uh, was his cocktail he made yesterday. So uh, we actually this morning dropped the official video for our first of many, many videos that we'll be doing in our segment of mixing it up. Which is what yeah. I'm going to just start calling um, it, where every week we'll bring you guys a different Phillies-inspired drink. We'll have cocktails, we'll have beer, we'll have all types of drinks that Jamie's going to be able to tap into his former bartender days and bring, and then I'll just be there to, to test it and drink yeah. it. So I'm winning. Everybody everybody <laughs> in the office can sample uh, my cocktails and concoctions. But yeah, we're going to do that once a week going forward. Uh, the first one's up. It's a tequila-based drink. It's very simple to make. Uh, and yes, for some reason, I, uh, I associate baseball with sunshine, beer, and cocktails. So I figured I got this bartending knowledge in my head. Why don't we combine the two uh, and have some fun with it? And people can share their favorite baseball yes. drinks and we'll come up with some stupid we'll names. We'll share the recipes. And, we'll definitely yeah. come up with, you know, we pride ourselves on our great nicknames and names. So we'll definitely come up with some great names to the drinks. And you guys can always, of course, join us. We even have in our Discord channel now. Uh, there's a specific channel Baseball just for cocktail our cocktails. Club. Yeah, we've got a cocktail club. Look yeah. at us getting fancy. Now, uh, <laughs> is up. it Dave P in the chat wants to know, Renee, are you excited about President's Day weekend? <laughs> I'm excited because my wife is off Monday, and that means I actually less forgot of President's Day weekend. Uh, is this something that that moves the needle? And, no, not okay. as much. You know, I'm still right now on the Valentine's Day kick, movie wise. I was just watching some. <laughs> like what? Shut like Valentine's Day movies and like, stuff. What are what are those? I honestly movies can't. that are I know. Around. But like, like name, name one. Okay, like uh, there's an actual 
Valentine's Day, but Hallmark has a whole theme of Valentine's Day movies. Is there any non-Hallmark things I would know? Yes. Well, no. Okay, Okay. no. All right, so you're watching Yesterday I did watch a nice Netflix movie called Players, and it was a baseball-themed love story. Unfortunately, it ended up with a Red Sox-Yankees sighting because it was up in New York, so that part I didn't like. But I've been seeing a lot of baseball-themed rom-coms lately. Huh. So I'm I'm crossing over. I'm well, not really focused Jimmy on Fallon President's one. Day. What's that first pitch or whatever? I didn't see that one yet, but it's Wait, not the cross. Isn't that like the OG fever, baseball rom com? I mean, I, Fever Pitch. Oh, that fever one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know yeah, what that one, one is, but With I know Drew, Fever Pitch. Drew, Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. Fantastic. Never seen movie. it, but I know it exists. Oh, you. It's not on. You Hallmark. would not enjoy it's actually, it. It's actually a really good movie. You would not. Yeah, I enjoy it. Oh, okay. Well, if you enjoy it, I feel like he's got a rom com bone in his body. He does. And I'm slowly converting Tyler, guys. I'm slowly. You got you got him. that rom com. Holidays. My, my and wife rom-coms. asked me literally like three days ago. She's like, "What's your favorite rom com?" And I'm like, "Uh." Fever pitch. Like, I, I literally. My, oh my it was gosh. one of those situations where you know things, and then somebody asks you, yeah. and okay. your mind goes. My cousin Steve is a blank. huge rom com guy. I uh, yeah. I never never really crossed into that threshold. Well, I think not would like enjoy... because I think it's like stupid or anything. It's just okay. like I don't know. It's like scary I movies. You... I never watch scary movies. What? I don't watch rom coms. What? This is why when we have our movie conversations, we're so different. I love scary movies and rom coms and and yeah. thrillers. I was just watching 2012. Also, do no you remember? What? Yeah, that movie stinks. What? <laughs> <laughs> movie's so bad. It was about the end of the world. No. And it was oh, and it came out in like 2009, and we actually all thought well. Apparently not all, because you guys didn't see it. No. That 2012 was going to be the end of the year. And it was uh, Cusack was the main character. What's his first name? John? John, John Cusack. Yeah, he yeah. was the main. It was, it's very good. Right. Oh, I'll my take God. Your that. Jamie, you you've been watch. challenged, by the way. Oh, challenged to what? To uh, break Wade Boggs' record on the way down to Clearwater. <laughs> 51 beers that's in two Boggs, and a half baby. hours. That's baseball. <laughs> you think they got chicken in Philly? That's a, uh, that's a great, it's always sunny. Oh One of the all-time episodes. Oh, it's so funny when they try to do the Wade Boggs challenge. Oh. That sh- did you how ever get into it? How many beers can you order? I, I don't drink I, I beer. I don't know. No one's ever asked that question before. No, but did you ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philly? Yes. Okay. I did. Oh, yeah. They do the Wade Boggs episode. Yes. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently Andre the Giant drank like, uh, uh, there was a flight to Europe. Where, I got to look it up. It was like an insane amount uh, of beers. He, he put Wade Boggs to shame. Andre the Giant flight beers record. Uh, Chris, by the way, is saying The Natural is a great baseball rom-com also. Yeah, listen, we okay. got to share some rom-coms and movies for Jamie because you're missing out. Here, Here is... The Wedding Singer. It says you won't find... Wedding Singer's great. If that's oh. a rom-com, then I... Wa- yeah, I'm in. Okay, there Julia you go. Julia. There you go. Uh, you won't find it in the Guinness Book of World Records, but Andre the Giant holds the world record for largest <laughs> number of beers consumed in a single setting. There was They were standard 12-ounce bottles of beer... And a, during a six-hour flight, Andre drank 119 of them. Oh. <laughs> so that's almost... That's disgusting. Six hours, 120. That's almost 20 beers an hour. 119 beers does He's pretty much at 19 and a half, 19.7 yeah. beers per you hour. You literally drank wow. 13 and, yeah, it, that's a lot. That's beer. a lot of beer. A lot of beer. <laughs> um, I will say I didn't appreciate guys. Okay, first of all, the new Space Jam and the old. I heard the new one sucks. I appreciate the old Space Jam, Mickey. I know. There, I don't like when they remake movies uh, just to remake movies. So Hollywood's out I of will ideas. stay on that hill and die on that hill myself. Um, session nine, I will look out for that, Dave. But also to our point about planes, uh, as we're going off the rails from the start here. 
I texted in our thread yesterday because I was super excited. Like, ooh, we, we finally got the details of our flights for Clearwater. Yeah, don't care. Um, and I'm hoping that we could all sit together <laughs> and we could watch movies. We can play games. Like, I play cards no, on the plane. I, 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 I we didn't can wanna, also drink. I didn't want to text this to you because I felt it was impersonal. I needed to tell you in person. I will be putting my headphones on and going to sleep for the entirety of the flight. It's only like a two-hour flight. You will not speak to me once the wheels leave okay, the ground because airport? I am going to be like Airport on game. But once, oh, yeah, they, yeah, airport, once they call absolutely. your zone... Headphones go in and I shut it down. Yeah, I will absolutely have a beer too and, and hang out with you in the airport. But once we're on the plane and wheels are up, I am not well, I got out that cold. Vibe because I was super excited in our thread and nobody really was reciprocating. Um, and I, I picked up on what you're putting down. Uh, <laughs> so a, you're saying I, I shouldn't mute. bring out my cards um, on the flight? You don't want to feel like Uno or something? card game. I, I go mute mode on a flight. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just close quarters. Okay. See, I, I, I only do that if it's if I'm traveling no by eye myself. No contact with people. If I'm traveling by myself, I'm headphones. I've got the pillow. I've got a whole thing. I bring a blanket and everything because you know I'm always easily cold. I'm napping. I'm watching a movie. I'm just in the zone. But if I'm going with people, I feel like we should chat and watch. Well, this movies. might be a little bit of a party vibe on the Philly sports trip flight, so maybe things will pick up. I promise nothing, but uh, I leave um, myself open to. I, I promise you beers pre pre flight. That's what I'll give you for well, guys, sure. Maybe you can join us down in Clearwater for our PHOI road trip down March 13th to the 18th. Uh, maybe you'll even be on the plane with us and we can sit next to each other and play card games or watch movies. We can throw back some drinks. You know, they had the cute little shots that you can take on the plane. Apparently, uh, I'm, the, I'm solo dolo on this flight. Uh, I'll find somebody else to have fun with. Be all, right, you guys. Eh? all right. Let's I, get to some of the Phillies talk. I guess that's why we're here today yeah. on this uh, Friday of spring training actually happening. Uh, the full squad reports on Monday, Woo! although most of the guys are there. And if you're not following along uh, with John's account, he's tweeting a bunch of videos from his personal account at 2008 fills mm -hmm. with a Z at the end uh, and our account, PHLY underscore Phillies. He was posting videos of Trey Turner talking ball with Larry Boa today. Yes. Uh, Charlie Manuel, absolutely awesome to see him back at camp. Uh, and allegedly, the team gave him a standing ovation when he I walked into the locker room, and and that's a uh, that's a goosebumps type of moment right there. Mm -hmm. So really happy for Charlie that he's back at his favorite place in the world, which is behind the batting cages uh, at Dorna Phillies practice. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is, and it's just those moments so that remind John. you how uh, much. This family that you build in sports, it's bigger than the game itself. Well, they're together more than half the year. Exactly. Much. And that's one of those moments where yeah, it's like, definitely more than half. you know, for Charlie, so happy to see him back. I'm excited for us to get to, to hang with him at, you know, during our time down in Clearwater as well. But, you know, it's bigger than baseball. He's Uncle Charlie. And it's great to see that he's doing much better. So I, I, that is a goosebumps moment for sure. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff. Make sure you're following along with John. He'll, mm -hmm. He's going to be joining us around 1140. Uh, now, this morning, I thought we were going to open the show talking about Alec Bohm's arbitration settlement. Uh, and there's a really cool story on, I believe, The Athletic about the four guys I want to say they're Texas A&M arbitration law specialists oh. that actually oversee these cases. Um, hmm. Yeah, pretty fascinating job, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but Alec Bohm uh, filed for $4 million in year one of arbitration. The Phillies countered at 3.4. I know it sounds stupid, $600,000. This is the norm in baseball. I don't think players take it personally. I just think it's part of... 
yeah. the business model, although it does seem lame. Yeah, so exactly. I we'll mean, see. Do they settle in the middle? Does he get the $4 million? I think right. he outperformed probably the threshold some because it's like a tiered system. Yeah. Um, you know, he had 100 RBIs last year, did really well, improved defensively. Maybe he'll get a little more. I'd be surprised if he got the four, the full four, though. Right. Now, as we know, Alec Bohm's arbitration hearing was Thursday, yesterday in Arizona. And as you mentioned, they both sides kind of on, on the opposite. But at least it's not a huge difference. That's the encouraging part. Now, Jim Duquette on Major League Baseball Network Radio did talk about how it's most likely going to happen where we set up. There's, there's a setup for a multi-contract extension for Alec Bohm. Um, Honestly, in today's market, with the way that things are going, I don't mind Alec Bohm wanting more and pushing for more. We've seen in the past with previous Phillies conversations around arbitration where there was JT Realmuto who did not have a chance to have his number met and actually fell short. He wanted to get paid $12.4 million. They settled on ten. We saw Ryan Howard who filed at $10 million, um, and the Phillies had offered him seven, but he did win that. So we've seen it in the past with, with the Phillies. And we've seen both sides of it. So for Alec Bohm, who still has two years remaining of arbitration eligibility after 2024, you know, go ahead, shoot your shot. Try to see if you can get some numbers that you feel like are more suitable for what you feel you deserve. And as you mentioned, it's not a huge gap. 3.4 million to 4 million. They should be able to figure out something in between yeah, and negotiate. So and that should be getting done with we'll probably sooner than later. Here this morning, I yeah. would assume. I'm a I mean, little if surprised it happened it yesterday, and yeah. yeah, I mean. I imagine it, it shouldn't. they shouldn't be dragging their feet too long on this. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that came out yesterday, courtesy of Todd Zalecki, uh, Brandon Marsh thinks he actually injured the knee originally. Yeah. Last year, if you remember, they had a series in Cincinnati uh, versus the, the Hot Reds, and uh, he made a play against the wall and banged his knee into the wall. Uh, they think he just played through it, and it was kind of undiagnosed. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he might have missed like a game or two after that. Um, but regardless, he thinks he heard it last year. So hopefully, you know, again, reiterated, he'll be get ready to go opening day. Yada, yada, yada. Looks good. He's already walking and moving on it. So uh, I don't think it's a huge deal there. But I do think it leads to the question of outfield depth. Yeah. Uh, and why we've discussed Whit Merrifield a bunch this week. Uh, and Tyler, the TV's back on now. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening there. Uh, but that's why Whit Merrifield, because uh, one, we don't <laughs> see ourselves, Tyler, but we can see the TV on. Um, Whit Merrifield, why he makes sense is because, you know, uh, we've talked about it. He fills uh, an insurance policy at several positions on the diamond. So, you know, Brandon Marsh is ready to go, but I think you have Christian Pache, uh, Nick, don't call me Jay Cave. Or Jake, don't call me Nick Cave, it's whatever it is. It's funny because you get his name right when you're not trying to get it right, is what I notice. Every time Jamie tries, you try yeah. to make a joke about it. Yeah. It's Jake. It's Jake. Yeah, I got it. There's only it's one Jake. Nick. Nick is an emo Australian songwriter. Um, okay. Well, he is. He's, he's quite famous. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, yeah, but I Brandon Marsh says he'll be ready. Thinks yeah, he heard it last and, year in Cincinnati. And, and being around, and I know he's talking, and he was interviewed um Yesterday, actually, talking about just being around the guys, seeing their faces, how much it really lifts you up and gets you excited. It's a bummer because it's it's where you have the first day of school and everybody's excited and, and you know, coming back, thrilled to show off what they've been doing in the offseason. And you're kind of there like, well, I'm here, but I'm not 
fully here. I'm not able to participate yet. I'm not able to play. But to hear his optimism, uh, and as we know with knees, typically you do get those lingering knee injuries where, you know, you have that, you know, 2022 collision with the wall, and now it just kind of lingers and never fully gets treated. So happy that Barsh was able to get his knee um, that's procedure done. Yeah, better get his now knee better. Later. Exactly. Yeah. Get it out the way. But it did immediately remind us of the depth of this team and how there is a need to make sure that they have depth, especially in the outfield. Yeah. And Corey in the chat says, you know, Witt probably wants to start somewhere. He most certainly does. But Whit Merrifield needs to also realize, you know, he's basically your average baseball player. He's a super utility, uh, but his war is nothing impressive. Like, he's not Whit Merrifield of 2017 anymore. Yeah. And he probably can start three to four times a week here with some additional at-bats. Um, so, you know, it's not a bad situation to be in here in Philadelphia. And, you know, Jamie, there is someone that can start your day three and four times a day out of the week, and that's Bagels & Co. Over at Bagels & Co., they are Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly with Philly love. They give you huge bagels, the biggest bagels in the city, their bagels are fresh. They have a wide variety of bagels, specifically 15 to 20 different bagels you can choose from daily. They have seasonal bagels. I don't know if they have a President's Day bagel, but they did have Valentine's Day. They've got St. Patrick's Day. They also had Philly sports-themed bagels and cream cheeses because they have 30 different cream cheeses, the largest cream cheese variety you will ever find anywhere. At least I haven't seen another place with more. So over at Bagels & Co. with 30 different flavors of cream cheeses and schmears, Schmier. you can also get those Philly sports-themed ones, seasonal-specific. They've got blue blueberry cream cheese they've got all different types of flavors for you outside of just the regular plain cream cheese now at bagels and co what also makes them great is aside from delicious sandwiches large bagels meaty sandwiches like that pork roll and egg that i'm still dreaming about they also have great prices so it's fantastic to kickstart your day there it is in this day and age, to be able to start your morning for breakfast or even if you want it for lunch or dinner, to have something that's delicious, that's hearty, that's filling, and also a great price. So giving you that mom-and-pop shop feel, but also giving you an affordable price that you can make sure you're not breaking the bank, spending overspending to start off your day. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right in here in Philly, you can head on over to thebagelsandco.com, find the location nearest you, and check out what they have to offer. Lots of bagel options. Lots of cream cheeses and schmears, lots of sandwiches that you can check out right at Bagels and Co. And yes, Mickey, I have heard of the Bagel Nook in Princeton. Princeton's got some great PJs, pancake house, and Bagel Nook, but they're not paying us to talk about them. So until they do, it's all Bagels and Co. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my wife and I have recently have been talking about our summer concert lineup and what shows we want to link, uh, you know, get to, and therefore we're you know, using the game time app to do it. Mm -hmm. I told her today, one of our uh, bands we want to see this summer is goose and the tickets are just going on sale this morning. I said, just we'll get them on the game time app because the game time app is the fastest growing ticket app and marketplace in the country. And they have tickets for whatever you want to go to concerts, uh, comedians, sporting events, theater events, whatever it is you want to find. Um, ticket buying should never be stressful. Like going game to see might be stressful. Yeah. Go <laughs> the game might be stressful, but going to see your favorite band, your favorite theater performance. I saw the MJ show is in town. Uh, you know, that should never be stressful. You want to have fun and game time is going to help it be a stressless situation. Uh, it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your favorite shows in town with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you're going to have. They have flash 
deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets, image of your seat views, depending on what show you're going to. You might want to know what your seat view looks like, low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Basically, Game Time has your back. Uh, it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets also make a great holiday gift. So snag the tickets without the stress. Download, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Just again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, so we'll hear about Bohm shortly. Uh, and Corey in the chat is saying, you know, Merrifield was an all star last year. I, you know, I. I, there's a reason he's not signed, and yeah. hopefully the Phillies can capitalize on it. Well, it's um, supposed to happen this this weekend. This weekend Today is, is the Friday. Deadline, the fake deadline he put yeah. on. It. Yeah. So I mean, listen, we keep hearing that there are five teams out there that Whit Merrifield has been fielding offers from, and that he's getting closer to signing with one of them. And the expectation is, as soon as this weekend, we will get the definitive answer for where Whit Merrifield is going to be going next. Honestly, it'd be great to see him in Philly. Um, various reports from various outlets have linked the Phillies as the favorite or, you know, one of the front-runner teams of the five, but we'll see because we've heard that before. Yeah, and we heard anything Liam is Hendricks possible. was going to sign yesterday, and we haven't heard right, yet where so he's making his decision. We'll see if the Phillies are one of the teams see. interested in him. He's not going to be pitching this year. Uh, well, maybe later in the year, but you don't really want to count on for a role this year. Yeah. But if you sign him to a two-year deal – uh, you know, you could get a pretty good arm in the bullpen for next year now. We'll see if the Phillies have interest And last thing on Merrifield, he did mention, aside from his price point being around that $6.4 which is a, bargain, a great bargain deal in itself, he did mention that he's also willing to play anywhere. Um, he knows his preference might be second base. I know people are talking about him wanting to be an everyday starter or start three or four days out the week, but he also is open to, at least it seems, playing anywhere um, and willing for whatever team is interested in him to step into what role, whatever role they need. So that's an additional positive for the utility man, Whit Merrifield. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, uh, you know, with all the Wheeler contract extension talk, I took a look at, uh, you know, the two names that he's most often kind of compared to. Sirius XM did top 10 pitchers in baseball uh, yesterday and released it. Zach Wheeler came in at number three uh, behind Spencer Strider, which, look, his strikeout numbers are always going to, uh, you know, have him high on list. But we, as we know, Zach Wheeler is a better playoff performer than Spencer mm -hmm. Strider, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, and then, of course, Garrett Cole, number one. So Zach Wheeler is certainly at the top of his game. Definitely. Now, the two guys he's compared to a lot on those short-term high annual average salary deals are Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Now, those guys were around 40. You know, I think they were like 38, 39 when they signed them. Uh, they're going into their 40s, so that's why that number is lower. Zach Wheeler is going to be 34 this year. You don't want to go too deep into a guy's 30s until he's shown you he can do it, which yeah. Verlander and Scherzer had. So if he was offered the equivalent of those deals, he would essentially be getting offered the Max Scherzer deal. Uh, mm -hmm. which was a three-year, $130 million deal. Now, Scherzer and Verlander each averaged $43.3 million a year. So if Zach Wheeler, you know, Dombrowski said they want to get it done. Wheeler said they want to get it done. Uh, apparently, there's a soft deadline in place of opening day, and then negotiations will get shut 
back down. And allegedly that means he could just hit the market uh, if it's not done before then. But three years, $130 million for Zach Wheeler. That's a large check to write, but I kind of think you're forced into it. Now, if you're Aaron Nola, I wonder how much that chaps your ass. Because Aaron Nola's annual average salary <laughs> is $24 million a year. Now, very good. It's not something to sneeze at. But if all of a sudden, and look, everybody will be like, oh, Nola's just the same guy here. Yeah, right. Okay, they all compete. They all know yeah. what each other makes. If you know that Zach Wheeler is making, I mean, seriously, almost $20 million more a year than you, that's got to that's gotta Stop s- having a rat for fourth inning. Well, I mean, this is a <laughs> an even number year, so Aaron Nolan's going to be really good this year. He yeah. struggles in the odd number of years. Listen, uh, but $20 million a year more, that's going to that's gonna get up his ass a little bit. That's just human nature. It will, and that's 20 where... $20 million in- more? I know. In general, though, this is why we even had the conversation around Bryce Harper and his contract talks, because everybody's looking each year. The numbers are getting higher and higher and higher. And there's a larger gap between what one person signed for to the next. I mean, it's not it's it's Aaron Nola to Zach Wheeler. It's Bryce Harper to a lot of people where it's like, wait a minute. What I signed for back then no longer seems that exciting because I'm seeing the other numbers that players are getting around the league and, and even within my own team. Now, Zach Wheeler and John, who will be joining us shortly, posted a nice video on Twitter about of Zach signing autographs. He's a man of the people. He loves it here in Philly. He's made it known as recently as this week. Him, Rob was talking about him as well. This is where he wants to be. This is where he wants to stay. So uh, I think realistically that three years of 40 million AAV for Zach around that number ballpark, Sign it, take it, do it. Let's make it happen. Let's move on to the next because it, it seems everybody's in agreement, knows what we all want. Uh, let's just make it happen. Um, all right. Time. Let's get to our top left fielders before we get to John because I don't want us to be going an hour and 30 minutes today. And we will not go an hour and 30. And if we didn't get to the left fielders <laughs> before John, it would be a disaster. Uh, so we're going to get to this because we didn't get to it yesterday because we had a lot going on. Uh, We're doing our top five positional group rankings around Major League Baseball. Uh, So far, we've done right fielders and center fielders. Today, we're going to address left fielders. Now, the elephant in the room is I fucked up. Um, I didn't project ahead when we started this contest. I would have had Corbin Carroll in my top five, probably over Kyle Tucker, um, for right fielders, which is where he's going to be playing this year. I, when I was doing my homework, I was just thoughtlessly he played the most games in left last year. So I have Corbin Carroll number one on my left fielder list, even though he's going to be a right fielder this year. Uh, I made a sixth to make a uh, unofficial top five, but I'm going to fall on the sword and I I done messed up and I put Corbin Carroll in left field. Mm -hmm. uh, And even though he's going to be a right fielder this year. So just want to get out in front of that. Second, second caveat, by the way, um, I know a lot of lists have Jordan Alvarez as a top he is left a fielder. DS. We are considering Jordan Alvarez a, he DH. Is a DH. You're he not going to see him on DH. any of our lists because he is a designated right. hitter, according to us. Yes, and he will and be the number one. A third designated caveat hitter. to your first and your second caveat, really oh, wow. quickly. I know we've got to add all these disclaimers because people are like misunderstanding our list. These are projected going into 2024, so it's based on what we think. Who are going to be who we think is going to be the top ranked players in 2024 Ooh. based on the positions as you are both mentioning with Jordan as a great example and Corbin 
where their team has currently listed them for playing in that position. Yes. Okay, so let's go so, number five. All right, uh, I'll kick it off. Number five, um, I have Brandon Nimmo. Oh. Um, now, we all kind of hate that name because of his time with the Mets, uh, but Brandon Nimmo was really pretty damn good last year. Uh, the left field position is is kind of lame. Now, because I mess up with Corbin Carroll, I'll also slash uh, my sixth or fifth because Corbin Cowell doesn't really count. So, like, oh, okay. theoretically, Brandon Nimmo is the fourth. So, my sixth left fielder, which is actually five, uh, is either Christian Yelich or Chaz McCormick. Okay. But at number five, I have Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> Lots of slashes and asterisks well, right now. Well, when you mess up, you But, gotta, yeah, you gotta, I like how you, you are putting it all out there. You yeah, so eat. that's my sixth, which is really fifth. So, Why Brandon Nimmo is, would be fourth. What is your poop thing today? All right. Uh, Christian Yelich is my number five, actually. Listen, we've seen... The, the interesting thing for all of these lists that I feel like I come up with for my guys is these are former MVP players that maybe have had an injury-plagued season, and I'm expecting a bounce-back year. Christian Yelich specifically in 2023 had more of a, an up year. It was a better season for him. Finished the year batting 278, 19 homers, OPS of 818. On the defensive side, I thought it was just solid. So although he you know has had some ups and downs in his career, I think this year we're going to get him as a number five left fielder. Tyler, you're number five. Guys, can I tell you how much I struggled with like <laughs> projection versus reality? Mm. In the sense that I really, really struggled with birds aren't real. Don't how, beat yourself up over it. Fair enough. I really, really struggled with how do I put young guys on this no. list, like projecting their careers, because it was a really difficult time for me to not put Evan Carter on this list, despite the fact that he only played a handful of games. I think the kid's going to be a stud, uh, but it. It was a very small sample size and an elite level performance at the highest level. Um, but for me, I am going to start this thing off uh, with Stephen Kwan. And I think that Stephen Kwan's value primarily comes from the defensive side of things. His glove is elite. The, the Guardians have a really elite pairing in left and center field defensively between Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw. Now, Miles Straw can't hit. Stephen Kwan can. Kwan hit 278 last year. Um, I think that he finally is starting to kind of come into his own offensively a little bit. Uh, to me, he's the type of guy that goes undervalued because of the fact that he plays for the Guardians and he plays in the AL Central. And I think that that's unfair to a player of his caliber. I really like Stephen Kwan's game, and I, I'm not sure he's peaked just yet. I think he can get a little bit better. I'm going to put Stephen Kwan at number five to start my well, list. Well, I'll take your torch and run with it because number four on my list uh, is Stephen Kwan. Uh, 3.6 war last year, which is probably a little better than most people would realize. As you said, defensively, he's just a wizard. He added 20 plus stolen bases, uh, last year. Maybe that's something that can grow closer to that 30 mark. Uh, if the guardians use him well and, and batted 268, like, you know, not, not a, a, a slub defensively. He's never going to give you much pop or power. Uh, but I think Steven Kwan is a underrated left fielder around baseball. All right, my number four, and Quan was someone I considered for my list, but he's actually not on my list at all. He's like in that next six, seven, eight tier. But not, my number four, Brian Reynolds, and you may be wondering why. There's been um, some question marks around Brian Reynolds. A 5-9 war in 2021, then a 2-9 war in 22, a 2-4 war in 2023. His defensive war, a negative .5 uh, that we saw with the Pirates. Now, for Brian Reynolds, I do feel like he's someone that – we have seen him 
at his at his best, you know, look think, looking back a couple years ago specifically. And we've seen the drop off of Brian Reynolds. And much like Kristen Yelich, left field's a weird position in general. It's hard to re- figure out who's going to be where because it's been all over the place, in my opinion. But I think that Brian Reynolds is going to get an up year this year. I think he's going to improve on the defensive side. He did. He has hit around 25 homers a, a year. Um, and I think Brian Reynolds is number four. Not confident in this, but I'm going with it. Not confident in this. That that really <laughs> that really instills confidence in me for this. For this Left next field is one. really tough. For, um, I, oh my, my my five or my four and three were toss ups to me. I think you could make a case that either of these two guys could be in either one of the spots. Um, I decided to go with uh, the player with more. I think path to more growth, despite the fact that my four is not not like he's old, but I think maybe. What we valued him as a young guy when he won the Rookie of the Year with the Tampa Bay Rays is a little bit over expectation. I'm going to go Randy Rosarena mm. at number four. Uh, that 250, 260 average is probably where you expect to see him. You see his numbers have dropped batting average-wise from 280 in that, that shortened season in 2020. When he wins Rookie of the Year in 21, he's down to 270. 2022, he's in the 260s. Last year, he was down to 250. And yes, he was an all-star last year. But I think that this is the type of player that Randy Rosarena probably is high OBP, a 260-ish hitter, 20 to 25, maybe peaking up towards 30 home runs. He's going to steal you some bags. Um, he is the epitome of cool. And I think that that helps him for sure. It's part of why uh, I can't I, quit him. I, and I think that there, like there's it. something to be said for a guy that posts an 11 war over the course of uh, five seasons, and really it's a 10 war over the course of three seasons. Mm-hmm. I really like Randy Rosarana's game, the guy ahead of him. I just, I think, projects a little bit higher for me, and it's the only reason he's at four and my next player's at three. Yeah, so I have Randy Rosarana at three. Uh, as you said, you know, playoff, like he's one of the few Rays that shows up in the postseason. Uh, he's got that swag. He's got that coolness. I, I, I almost toyed with going higher. Uh, as Tyler said, he, he had a 365 on base last year Insane. for a guy with the, you know, 30 plus home run potential. Uh, you know, he's just an athlete when he gets on the base pass and in the field, he's a fun player to watch. I think he's got kind of that electricity. I toyed with putting him right behind Corbin Carroll at number two, even though Corbin Carroll's a right fielder, I messed up. Uh, <laughs> Randy Rosarena, number three for me. Yeah, I'm going Mr. Clutch from leading Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic over Team USA to then also being that spark plug for the Rays. Randy Rosarena is also my number three because I do agree with you guys and you've already hit on everything. So I'm just going to say ditto and ditto. And yes, Randy is number three, the strong at bats, the strong defensive side, and he should be that third best If, if Tampa fielder. ever decides to sell him, which they do yeah. with all their great players, I would do bad things to get Rosie, Randy Rosarena in Citizens Bank We have talked about him, and yeah. I remember you saying that. Uh, Tyler, number three for yeah. you. My number three is Renee's number four, I believe you had him at, and it's uh, the guy that I had a toss-up between him and a Rosarena. Uh, it's Brian Reynolds. And, oh and I think the reason that I go Reynolds over a Rosarena is I just feel a little bit more confident that Reynolds' game is not fully complete yet. And I'm, and I'm not to say that a Rosarena isn't either, but I think you starting to – can, you're, you're seeing a continued, uh, I think you could see a continued ascension or a, re, a resurgence to an ascension, uh, like you talked about, Renee, from that 302, uh, 395, 22 split 2021, where he was an all star and uh, everything really clicked. And listen, a six and a half war that season, an offensive war that season is probably an anomaly, but this guy can, I think, be much closer to the four war that he posted in 2022. I think he's a 30 home run type 
uh, caliber player. And if I'm taking defense between a Rosarena and Reynolds, they're pretty even. They're mm. both about league average, slightly behind. So that really doesn't play too much for me. Obviously, a Rosarena is going to steal more bags. Uh, this is just a personal choice for me. I like Reynolds a little bit. I like Reynolds' complete game a little bit more than a Rosarena, but it's a it was a toss up. Yeah, I so feel my that. Num- that was my tear up too. Uh, my number two is Brian Reynolds, and Tyler pretty much just covered it all. Uh, I think he has a higher upside than a Rosarena, as you, you hit on Renee. Down, you know, kind of down season from the year prior where he was excellent. I'm betting on him getting back to that 2021 excellent type of year because I think when he's on, like he is that five tool, uh, you know, potential every day, just like lockdown left fielder. Uh, really, really good. The fact that I have Corbin Carroll ahead of him when I messed up, like, is mm. Brian Reynolds really the best left fielder in baseball? Like, is that what I'm saying? That's how kind of weird left field is. It's center and right are loaded with talent. And then left field has become like kind of when I was growing up, right field was the weaker of the two. Like you mm-hmm. always kind of put like the not the worst. Well, yeah, the worst player because kids can't hit opposite field. Uh, but like right field was always that. Now it seems to be left field, at least uh, in the majors. So who's your number two? All right. Well, I like that we have similar names just in different spots. And I'm going with somebody that many might underrate a little bit. Brandon Nimmo as my number two. Listen, every season he's been improving, in my opinion. I know you had him lower down on your list, Jamie. But if you look at his numbers, in every full season when healthy, he has not had an OPS below 800, consistently been able to get on base. He finished 2023 with that 274 batting average. But since 2021, he's been his numbers have been improving and he's been able to stay healthy. So I think a healthy Brandon Nimmo, uh, obviously he is moving to left field since Harrison Bader is going to be playing center field. And I think Brandon Nimmo right now, the way that he's been improving and his numbers have been um, on the positive, his consistency, his ability to add to the to the Mets lineup in a number of ways, he's number two for me. Tyler, Tyler. number two? Yeah, I'm not going to add a whole lot more because Brandon Nimmo is my number two as oh, well. Um, you too. I, I think that <laughs> maybe you can add my him Mets to the list. Had him at five. You can add him to I the see. list of four, three, and two of guys that you could interchange in any capacity. I think that moving to left field is not going to hinder him in any way. He was really strong in center last year. You get Harrison Bader, who is a better defender than Nimmo is, and I think that maybe you get a chance to uh, see Nimmo be more cautiously aggressive in spots because he knows he has Bader to his, to his left. And I think maybe that may help him defensively just a little bit. Um, I don't think that any of these three guys are wrong at two, three, and four. So I'm not going to add too much. I'm going Brandon Nimmo at number two as well. All right. My number one told you I messed up. I put Corbin Carroll there. <laughs> He'd be a top five right fielder if he was left field, which he was the majority of last year. That's switching for him. He'd be the number one left fielder. The kid's phenomenal. I didn't want to short him out of right field because he's, you know, the rookie of the year, and he looks like this kid is damn electric. Um, So I have him number one, even though he's going to be playing the opposite side this year. And now I'm concerned because my number one is not even on your list at all, Jamie. And Tyler, I'm intrigued to see if he's on yours. I'm going Ian Happ, actually. Um, Now, Ian Happ, we saw 154 games for him in left field last season, an OPS of 112 one is second consecutive gold glove. I think Ian Happ is someone I've seen weirdly enough fluctuate between lists that have come out where he's on some top 10 lists. He's not on list at all. But uh, Ian Happ, in my opinion, is someone that has the all around complete game and also another one that's improved in all areas of his game, hitting for a higher average, 
playing better defense. His power's been there since 2021. And uh, the gold glover Ian Happ is my number one overall because I just can't look past his his improvements in his stats and the numbers that he had. Even in 2023, a war of three, 248 batting average, 21 homers. Ian Happ, number one. Who you got, Tyler? Yeah, I think Ian Happ's a, a good choice for a top five. He probably sits just outside of the top five for me, along with Chaz McCormick. Um, yeah, Chaz was my seventh. I, again, this is all over. maybe this, finest. maybe this is hypocritical for what I just said about Evan Carter and why he's not on my list because my number one left fielder is a projected uh, decision here and and maybe maybe I'm oh giving boy. a little bit of love to the to the hometown kid maybe I just think that this kid is going to be a, a star in the making uh, a player that neither of you two had on your list it's <laughs> number one on my list it's Colorado Rockies Nolan Jones uh, near 300 okay. hitter last year again I know it's a small sample size I think this kid is going to exponentially get better yes he plays in a hitter friendly ballpark I understand the numbers get inflated when you play at Coors Field but I think that this kid is on the cusp of being a very legit star. And yes, he Holy Ghost guy. He's a local kid. I had oh, to he's give, a Holy Ghost kid. I give, didn't realize. Had, oh, to, wow. had to give him a little bit of love. But I, I, genu- went to Holy Ghost. I genuinely think that Nolan Jones could be a star in the making uh, in the next couple of seasons for the Rockies. Awesome. Well, so Chaz let, McCormick, let, me, let me rephrase that. He could be a star in the making and then get traded to somebody else where yeah, he succeeds. Yeah, yeah. So go. Chaz McCormick and Nolan Jones uh, locally. We got left fielders on lockdown here in the Delaware Valley. All right, let's get down to Clearwater, Florida, as our own John Foley has been doing a tremendous job cranking out some content from Philly's spring training. Uh, He joins us now. Now, Tyler, is John on? Okay. Yes, he is. Uh, I can't see you, John, but I can hear you. Uh, Welcome in from Clearwater. What is happening down at camp today? Well, I want to throw my computer out the window. Uh, We'll try this again in a minute, John. Um, But we're just having some technical difficulties today because that TV is stupid and I want to punch it. Uh, Like all those 49er fans. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Have you seen all the reactions? Half of them are fake. They're Like staged. Oh, I hear something. Stay testing. Can you hear me? There we go. Sergeant John Foley is with us now. He's got the aviators on. All right. (laughs) What's going on down in Clearwater? Fill us in. Give us some positives. Wait, John, are you sitting? Are you sitting right outside of Frenchie's? Yeah, I'm waiting for it to open. It might be a while, but I'll, I'll be the first one here in a few weeks. (laughs) <laughs> when, they start, when they start serving drinks no it, it's it's great there's a you know there's pretty much a, a full empty ballpark here at our at our disposal there was some light work down uh on the field right now uh looks like some base running practice there was a little bit of uh ad, ad hoc batting practice over there uh earlier earlier today there's uh you, you can really feel the energy picking up more and more guys rolling in, not not just the pitchers and catchers, and uh, getting in work wherever they can. We saw uh, Trey Turner and Bryson Stott working on ground balls over on one field. Um, you know, saw saw Edmundo Sosa. He he was also over there with those guys uh, working on fielding. Also saw him taking some batting practice over here. I can see even from Frenchies looking completely across the other side of the ballpark. I can see Carlos De La Cruz, uh, the 6'8 frame, uh, putting in some some work on the base pass right now. So there's there's good energy in the ballpark. There's a lot going on. Uh, you can feel the activity is starting to ramp up, and 
Monday, the full squad will be here and it'll uh, ramp up even more. Yeah, and John, uh, also known as Tom Cruise, according to Mickey Durkin in the chat, you're giving some Tom Cruise vibes as well. Listen, John, you're mentioning the energy there. I'm curious to know the vibes. You know, what's it like as more and more guys are trickling in and, you know, taking the field? What's the vibes like? And you mentioned the energy of, you know, that you're seeing from the team being back out training. Yeah, I mean, the vibes are immaculate. I mean, everybody, what's everybody's happy. What is there not to be happy about? I mean, the weather's great. Um, you know, it, hopes are high for a, for a terrific season. Um, you know, you, you've got guys showing up, seeing, seeing friends that they haven't seen, uh, since last season ended. So it's, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're professionals. They're taking their work seriously. They're getting the work in, but it's also, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a party here. Yeah, John, uh, you know, apparently Charlie Manuel got a, a standing ovation from the ball club uh, when he entered the spring training facility. I, I, for one, like I'm a sucker for bloodlines in football. I'm a sucker for uh, seeing the old generation coaching and teaching the new generation of Phillies. He had a picture of Larry Bowa and Trey Turner going on there. Charlie's back behind the backstop. Uh, how, how involved are these guys with the, uh, the day-to-day practices it seems like they're just baseball rats that that can't leave they really are uh, i think the phillies organization does a terrific job um you know maintaining their historical figures and, and keeping them involved and keeping them around i can see charlie right now he's he's out here on the field uh walking uh walking along the walking along the warding track you know he's just he's such a resource he looks first of all he looks great he looks terrific um the standing ovation that's a heartwarming thing uh but charlie's got a lot of a lot of baseball left in him a lot of a lot of baseball knowledge to pass on to, to these guys here and uh you just you see him everywhere I, I saw him five minutes ago uh over at one of the practice fields and now here i here i see him walking around uh here within the ballpark itself so charlie charlie's moving around good um yeah you saw uh, uh on twitter you can see some footage of boa he's you know he's he's hitting grounders out the guys and uh and giving advice and you can't you can't really put a, a value on that to have you know Trey Turner practicing his craft and and he's got Larry Boa right there uh in his ear telling him yeah what he's yeah. doing wrong so it's it's great I love that. I love that. Now, John, my, my last thing for you, as you've obviously been watching and it's, it's like syllabus week, you know, everybody's easing back, they're working back in. Um, it's just gradually progressing back in, in terms of this bullpen sessions and overall training. I know you've been posting videos of Garrett Stubbs and Zach Wheeler, you know, and different guys interacting with fans and Charlie Manuel, different, you know, all the, all the sights and sounds you're seeing, but what stands out to you the most that you've seen, especially in the last maybe 24 hours, about this group and how spring training has started. I would say uh, maybe the 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 professionalism, the the sort of you know, getting down to business. This this is a this is a squad that's you know, <laughs> sometimes it's been frustrating to us at times that there haven't been many new faces, but this is a squad that. They all know each other. There's not a lot of new guys. They know they know the drills. Um, everything's sort of running smoothly, like clockwork. Uh, and and you can tell they're they're here. 
they're here for business. They're they're on a mission. And uh, you know, there's only there's only one goal this year. There's no there's no consolation prize. This isn't one of those seasons from five years ago where they're just looking to make the playoffs. You can you can see it uh, that they're they're here to put in the work to to go all the way this year. There's you know, it's World Series or bust. So, John, is there uh, much chatter or hubbub going around the media down there about uh, potential signings? You know, uh, there's been some alluding to the fact by Dave Dombrowski, uh, you know, still adding around the edges, not really in the trade market per se, but Whit Merrifield's out there, Liam Hendricks is out there, you know, Eddie Rosario, a couple outfielders that could help this team. Uh, Is there any buzz down there about potentially still adding to this roster? Uh, come Monday, or do you think this is uh, more or less what we're going to see? Well, there's certainly a lot of buzz around the the writers amongst amongst ourselves, um, trying to trying to figure out if some of these moves are are going to happen. And, you know, everyone's trying to pry information out of Dave best they can. He's of course going to be tight-lipped. I'm sure there's some talks going on. You know, I I do think there's been we haven't had fire yet but we're getting more and more smoke if if something were to happen with Merrifield, jordan montgomery any of these guys i'm not saying it's going to happen but if it were going to happen this is the way you start to feel this this is how it would go right like first there's there's the sort of abstract rumors like this the phillies might be a fifth or a sleeper then you hear things a little more concrete that there have been talks between camps um and now whether it leads to something or not it I think it really depends. I, I definitely get the impression that the Phillies have dug in their heels on the, on the prices that they're willing to jump in at um, for some of the bigger names. And, you know, if, if those markets failed to develop the way the players want, uh, they could end up on the Phillies. I don't, I don't think they're being super aggressive on that front for the big names. I do think that, you know, reading between the lines of, of a lot of the, the quotes we've collected here this week, uh, I, w- I would expect, you know, some some of these position players to shake loose. That what what Dombrowski's been indicating is that, you know, and and Rob Thompson mentioned this as well. There's there's a lot of guys uh, still out there. It's it's um, while they we while they still got a lot of room for additional players in camp. They do expect that not every one of these sort of marginal starters is going to be able to get that starting job they're looking for once they realize that and their agents realize that i think the phillies are, are confident that their offer of, of part-time employment you know maybe two starts a week pinch it at bats in between that it might not be appealing right now but as these players don't get the exact jobs they want it may become more appealing come here if you're going if you're going to be a fourth fifth outfielder on any team why not join a team that has championship aspirations realistic championship aspirations so uh you know anything could happen i I would say that the smoke's starting to increase and uh i I certainly wouldn't be shocked if if something went down as as early as you know today this weekend and and an emergency podcast this weekend (laughs) yeah yeah uh, everyone keep your phones on we might have that um, that emergency podcast call and uh you know we might have an emergency podcast emergency podcast for zach wheeler signing as well you know um the talk out of out of zach yesterday was it it feels like it could be you know nobody's gonna come right out and say it 
but you know, you hear from Zach that it, it could happen anytime. Um, you know, uh, Dombrowski has, has indicated that they'd really like to get this done by opening day. Um, so again, you, there's a lot of, I, I think fans should be cautiously optimistic that, that some of these things are going to ha start happening and it, it could be sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, make sure you're following along with John. He's at 2008Phils with a Z on Twitter. You can also follow our show account at PHLY underscore Phillies. John's been cranking out some awesome content yes. down in Clearwater. Now, John, uh, what does the weekend hold for you down in uh, sunny, beautiful Florida? Are you going to be at the ballpark both days? Or are you taking uh, a little bit of time before the full squad reports on Monday? What's, uh, what's in store for you this weekend? <laughs> Well, Jamie, I stay on my grind. I stay on my grind down here. I'm going to be at the ballpark both days. We'll have more footage, uh, maybe some interviews. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, full squad on Monday. Uh, should should be a great time. And then we'll, we'll really see some things start picking up. And uh, we should have some, some great sights and sounds for everyone. So stay tuned. Yeah, make sure you're John. reading John's work, allphly.com. John, we appreciate the time. Have a great time this weekend, and we will talk with you on Monday when the full squad reports uh, to spring training. Later. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Renee. Take care. Sitting at Frenchie's in the oh ballpark. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's living, baby. Uh, so awesome job by John. His first man, story oh from camp was up on allphly.com. Yeah, it's great Twitter content. You know, people yes. are just loving to see, you know, mitts popping and guys mm -hmm. throwing balls around. the. And the he's giving bar. you from morning all the way through the, the day, lots of updates and videos and images that you can check out. So definitely make sure to give him a follow and see all the fantastic work John's been doing and give us insight into what it's like in Clearwater. I feel the warmth. I hear the baseballs uh, hitting the mitts and the bats cracking. I can I can hear the spikes on the concrete. Uh, we'll be there sooner than later, but John right now is holding down the fort tremendously. So yeah. love to see it. All right, before we get to guess that swing, two things we got to hit on before oh we get there. I know you want to talk about the A's announcer uh, who made some history in baseball. Yes. Uh, but first, Rob Manfred yesterday. I thought this was pretty interesting. I've brought it up before, uh, whether or not there should be a free agent signing period mm. where you put a deadline on these things because it is weird. All, you know, all major league clubs have reported to camp Yet Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Cody yeah. Bellinger, you know, a list of, you know, there's 10 or 12 names out there that are fairly substantial. And um, I, I don't know if a deadline or a time period is the right thing. Maybe a maybe a salary floor is more appealing to mm -hmm. me than, say, like a free agent period. But I did think it was interesting yesterday that Rob Manfred announces not only is he done in 2029, uh, but his quote was, we would prefer to have a free agency signing period, ideally in December with a deadline. I see where he's coming from because this is weird, yeah. but it's also, it's also weird to have to make a decision by a certain date. Yeah. Like the other, the other sports don't do that. The other sports, mm -mm. the moves happen right away and it's exciting two, three day period mm -hmm. where you see big names signing here and there. Baseball's not that, but I think putting a deadline on it might be a little too uh, strict. And but I like where he's coming from thought-wise. Yeah, I think the, the thought makes sense. The execution needs some tweaking because with spring training, a lot of teams are looking to kind of wait and see what they've got now and then reevaluate to see what pieces they need to adjust or if they need to add in. 
um, to the roster at all. So I feel like there's, you know, you want to find a way to make it more confined without limiting teams' abilities to have the flexibility to really analyze for what they feel is best. Because otherwise it feels rushed. If it's like, oh, they've got to yeah. be signed by this time. Now you're just making decisions just because there's a deadline versus making decisions that you legitimately think are going to help your team. So if he's saying it publicly, I think it's already be, been yeah, discussed at length must be. behind doors. Mm -hmm. And the MLBPA, you know, might fight against that because yeah. it might not be in the player's best interest. We'll see if anything comes of it. But I did think it was interesting. He noted that yesterday. Uh, now, yesterday, the uh, the Oakland slash Vegas slash Vagabond Athletics the did nomads. something good and cool. And they made history in baseball. Renee, you can take it from here. Yeah, uh, But very cool to so see. In the midst of all the mess help happening around the Oakland A's, trying to figure out, of course, where they're going to be playing in the future. Uh, right now, they're dealing with the lease extensions, discussions all around that. Listen, this week, we're not only getting history made with Caitlin Clark, congrats to her, on becoming the highest scoring ever D1 women's basketball player for Iowa. We're also getting history in baseball as well. Jenny Kavnar became the first female lead play-by-play -play voice in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. It's 2024, and this is the first time we're finally getting a female that is going to be the play-by-play -play voice across the league. So the A's... Maybe disease when it comes to their lease extensions discussion and playing in Vegas, but they are doing something right and a huge positive that Jenny Kavnar got the nod and is going to be able to be the first. So congrats to Jenny as a trailblazer. Um, it's, I love to see women in sports doing fantastic things to help make the way for other women in sports. So that was great to see from the yeah, Oakland A's. Uh, you know, here in Philadelphia, I think Kate Scott was the second play-by-play mm -hmm. uh, -play announcer in NBA history for yeah. uh, a female. So we know it firsthand here, and Kate does a great job. Yes. Uh, so it's cool to see baseball doing that. You know, you saw your first, um, uh, who was it, uh, head manager. I think it's the Marlin system, the first female manager yep. in the minor league system. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're seeing it more and more. So Good stuff all around there. Great job by the athletics. We'll see wherever the hell they play in the future. Exactly. Something to add before we get to guess that stands because allegedly Tyler and we missed it here. Tyler is uh, giving people a sneak peek yeah, of guess I, that stands. But well, I was trying to do something and I hit the wrong <laughs> button. I forgot well, to hit preview. Well, we didn't see it luckily. And Listen, that it would something give else that wasn't seen was deferred contract options. I just want to throw this out there before we wrap up for today because Brian Cashman did come out and say that Shoei Otani never offered the Yankees a deferred contract option. He was saying that in an interview on uh, talking Yanks that the Yankees never were given that chance. So interesting enough because that deferred option was designed largely in part because of Shoei Otani. Otani was a big part of figuring out what that financial plan was going to be for the $2 million and everything else deferred. Um, and so he's Cashman is saying that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I can't imagine how you propose a contract like that with all these deferrals, but it was never proposed to us. So interesting enough because Otani Never brought the money talks to the Yankees the same way he did the Dodgers. So, hey. Yeah, he wanted to be out West. He clearly uh, and, made it known where he wanted to be. closer to home. I don't think that was uh, yeah. very uh, very much up for debate. I think he was always going to be a <laughs> think Yankee. think the Yankees are just a little sour grapes. And I think Juan, Juan Soto grapes. was always going to be a Yankee. And yeah, Blake it's some, it's some be a frustration Yankee. of like, wait a minute. You didn't give us that chance. Yeah. What about us? So All right. Uh, now, some of you in the chat may have already seen it, but we did not because our television is down today. Uh, today's guess that swing, Tyler, difficulty scale. Here the it is. The last two have been tough, Derek Hall and Cody Clemens. I will tell you that today's oh, oh difficulty scale is 
less than the last two, okay. I would not consider it easy. So like okay. an eight? Like a six and a half, seven? Yeah, I'd probably say a seven or maybe an eight. All yeah, right. It's not now, easy. You might no. as well put it up because on the delay. Oh, it's, with it's you, there. Okay. Everybody it can still see hasn't it. come up on our, uh, my YouTube. Oh, there it is. There it is. One, is day, it? one day you'll see it. Wait, I feel like we just did this one. Oh, here we go. That's a right-handed hitter, right? Um, yeah. Or sure. is, is it a lefty and no, his you, back is too You us. did not just do this one. The one you did yesterday looks very similar, no, but it's not. No, it literally looks so similar to Derek Hall. I don't It's I don't a righty because the left hand is on the bottom of the bat. It's a righty. It's a righty. Um, I, I will. I will say this. Um, this is a switch hitter. Ah, son of a who is in this pose, oh, right handed, hitting right handed. Yes. Okay. Oh, Ooh, a switch okay. hitter. A little hint. A switch Yay. hitter. Hint. I will gladly take a hint. We've done. S mm. Okay. Okay. So he's hitting right, but it means he's really a lefty. Mm. Looks similar build. Is that a left elbow guard? No, I don't. Is that an elbow guard? Yeah, I feel like I see some lines in this there. This is a tough one. A switch hitter. Hmm. Uh -huh. Okay, in the chat, we're seeing various things. We're seeing Hunter Pence. Um, we did Hunter Pence, right? Uh, yes, and Hunter Pence. I find Pence myself forgetting hitter. who we did and didn't do. Rodolfo Castro, Carlos Santana. We did Cody uh, Galvis. We did Shane already. Polanco, J Roll. We did J Roll. Oh man. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm you know what? I'm just gonna tough. I'm just wow, gonna go all in. You're firing first. I think I'm gonna fire first. Wow. I think, I think, I think. Oof. Okay, wait, let me look at the picture again. Okay, you know what? Sure. Sure. Tyler, uh, I'm texting you. I'm texting okay. you too. I just had to confirm somebody was a switch hitter. <sighs> Actually, now let me. All right, Tyler. It's, answers coming in. Uh, my confidence scale <laughs> is 0.5. My confidence is decent only because I think this guy was a better left-handed swing. And okay. I think this right-handed swing. Wait. Okay. So Jamie's answer is locked. All right. I'm in. You, you said you were going to beat me. And then, and then you didn't. Okay. First of all, I almost texted you and Tyler, which I didn't want to do. I almost forgot this guy was a switch hitter, Tyler. All right. Renee's answers, and you guys did give different answers. Oh, uh, gosh. No. Um, so, <laughs> I will say this. There was a lot of people in the chat saying, Freddie Galvis, that is incorrect. Rodolfo a lot of people Castro? saying, Wait, excuse me? Freddie Galvis is incorrect. Uh, a lot of people in the chat <laughs> I guess Renee's were, wrong. were saying well, Cesar, Hern uh, Cesar, Hern Cesar Hernandez in the chat. That is also incorrect. Cesar. Uh, Jamie's answer was Carlos Santana. That is also incorrect. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I know the backup answer. Planko. You guys can come together for one more answer as a team. Okay. He Jeez. looks too thick How? to be Cesar. The answer was not said once in the chat. Oh, okay. Oh, Never mind. Were they, were they a regular player? Mm, no. Wow, oh, way to just shit. throw... You know, I felt pretty confident about my answer today because I felt like I saw Galvis's hair in the image and then you just... Galvis is wrong! <laughs> okay. Cesar wasn't a switch. Dang no, it! Wasn't. Um, Greg Dobbs wasn't a switch. Yeah, and I think that's too thick for Dobbs. Yes, 
Cesar Hernandez Dang. was a He's switch a, hitter. He does yeah, have I thought a, he was. He was. He I, does have. Yeah, he was. He Steve does have Garrison some thickness to him. But yes, he was a switch hitter. Um. Well, crew. Damn. That hurts. This man. is really. I'm like, really no one my said brain. anything correct. Nope. No Jeez, one in the chat. Not a single failing. correct answer. We're all. We all suck, guys. Um, we can do this. It's not. Edmundo Castro, Sosa's I felt like. Switch. Stop. Uh, Player's not currently on the team. Not oh, he's current. not currently on the team. This is like real dark days, like sicko 2016 what Phillies about... roster. He was on those sicko bad teams. Dang yes, it. you okay. are correct. Okay, wait, I'm doing some digging. I need one answer. We got to get out of here. It's already 12:10. I know we started late, but we got to we got to get moving. We already did Abreu, right? Abreu wasn't a switch hitter, and he was not a switch hitter. Okay, okay, okay. Just uh... you know, throwing it out there. Um, but no, I don't think we've done a Breo. Oh, okay. Andres well, Blanco. I'm gonna it keep is not for a Andres guess. Blanco. Uh, Ro and it's it's too thick to be Roman. I'll Quinn. be honest. I I don't. I genuinely don't know if if a Breu qualifies as 2006 or not. It might have been his yeah, last year. Yeah, that was his last year. But I'm not yeah, he was. It looks like he was dealt. Um, to okay. the Yankees. Right, Thanks. I'm just out, continue I'm out. to just, just put us out of our misery. Yeah, because now everything I everything I'm considering right. is wrong. Here's your answer. <laughs> this guy could fly, couldn't hit. It's Roman Quinn. I just said he looks too thick to be Roman Quinn. I just the pictures. The picture always looks slightly different. Roman Quinn was one of the most injury bitten wow. players. Just like and Dave said, ever. no one leaves. He never. <laughs> Could just stay healthy to get a, a real crack at a season. Uh, it's a shame. He could fly. Wow. Roman wow, Quinn. Wow. I still follow him on Instagram for some reason. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. He does look he doesn't Adorable look family. like he's How's he doing? <laughs> Pretty good. He's a full time dad now. Good for him. Oh, yeah. look at you guys. Really Instagram kids. friends. I think they live in Florida. Oh. Yeah. Hi, me and Roman. Yeah, I follow pretty much way too many athletes. Well, um, oh yeah. my lord. That was um, a tough one. Roman Quinn. Damn. That was hard. Yeah. You guys in the chat, Steven, CMC, Randy, Jersey Kev, Ray, Rick. Uh, we appreciate all of you guys for failing with us. And we tried, guys. We tried. We did update our, our countdown, by the way, as we wrap up, because we are 26 days away. You know what that's for, Jamie? Don't check your countdown, countdown, your countdown our app. Our boards. trip. Huh? Our trip? Yeah, our trip. Mm-hmm. 26 days until we're in Clearwater, 41 days until opening day. So right. although we may have failed in guess that stance as a team, we're getting closer to fun, fun days as a team. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Have a great weekend. We will be back Monday at 11 a.m. where Woo. the full squad reports to spring training, even though the majority of guys are already there. Uh, for Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli, I am Jamie Lynch. Thanks for hanging out here on the PHLY Phillies podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. We all silly like the mayor. 